You are listening to Ready or Not with Aftermath Disaster Preparedness. Good evening to all my Ready or Not listeners. Tonight we are diving into episode three. It's a mindset, mental preparedness. Again, tonight I'm your host, Rashida. Next to me we have Michelle. Hi, I'm not going to say the ever-ready Michelle. (laughs) That's what she usually says. The (laughs) ever-ready Michelle. Which throws me off slightly, but then she didn't say it. So, Um, good evening. Welcome to Ready or Not. Thank you for tuning in to episode three. So right now, as Rashida said, this episode is, it's a mindset, mental preparedness. So if you would take, we'd like you to do an exercise. Let's do a mental preparedness exercise. Take a mental journey with us real quick. And that is by, let's do an imagination task. Let's imagine if you would 70 mile per hour winds beating on your house. Imagine if you've been tuned into the news and you saw that deadly tornado that recently happened in Alabama. Imagine what you would go through. Imagine how that would feel. Let's imagine, say, you're in a blizzard and you end up stuck in your car. I know that was a reality for many people um, in the DMV. About two years ago. About two, if not more. Yeah. When people were just like stranded in their cars or abandoning their cars and leaving the cars. And I heard some people who went through it and they were just saying they had to do everything in the in the car. They had to use the bathroom. They mm-hmm. had to, you know, keep warm. What is the exercise in, in doing that? And we'll, we'll have that um, discussion at some point in the episode, what to do if you are stuck in your vehicle and what have you. And, um, you know, what you need to do to be prepared for that. But right now, let's, let's just kind of imagine that. And once you imagine that, imagine what you would do in any of these circumstances or any disaster circumstance. Imagine how you would react. What kind of emotions do you think you'll go through? Because these are very high-level stressors. And I think you would go through a range of emotions. Um, But this is all needed. Just to go through this exercise is the first step of mental preparedness. Mm -hmm. And meaning that you have to imagine what that scenario would be. Like you have to lend your mind to this. And just to imagine what you would do. And that's like your first step in preparedness. So, ultimately, during disasters, we need to rise above emotional reactions to the situation. We need to kind of be in control of our fear and be able to act in a rational and logical manner. Right. Controlling your fear. Controlling your fear, yes. And going into fear a little bit more, Mm -hmm. um, like, when we think of fear, we know that it's something that's a part of us. We can't run from it. Right. But what so we can do... It's a natural yes, emotion. Yes, it's a natural emotion. But what we can do is we can handle that fear. We, can, we can't allow it to take over our mental status and forget what we planned and prepared for, whether it be we planned for years, months, or even weeks. We have to plan and not be fearful of the plan that we've been practicing. And that brings us to when we were talking about um, drills, Right, doing right. the drills. So we mentioned that in an earlier episode. Well, 
Okay, so drills is like the second step, if you would. The second level of mental preparedness is the repetition. Mm -hmm. So now that you've lent your mind to actually imagining this, what and, you would do. And it's becoming muscle memory. Correct. Then the next actual step is you have to do those drills as we spoke about before. Like you have to do repetition so that it becomes a, 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 an act that you become kind of confident in. Yep. Putting it into practice. Putting it into practice so that when it actually occurs, you already kind of know the step and it's the steps. And as we said in the earlier episode, it comes, it becomes second nature. Almost. Right. And, and it might seem like a lot in the beginning. Like, you're like, how am I going to plan for all of these disasters? They come in different forms. But you can break down your resolutions into small, manageable tasks. Mm -hmm. Simply do small things. Like, for example, if you see that it's raining outside or you've heard the weatherman say, oh, we might be having some flooding today. Um, be, be on the lookout for flooding. If you live in a flood zone, which everybody should know if they live in flood zones or not. Right, right, right. But you'll be prepared. You will either have the proper warm clothes on, either you have rain boots on. So what, what you're discussing right now, though, that's, that's actually another level of preparedness, uh, mental preparedness, that is. That is like, and actually, you know what, I'm going to wait because I think we'll get to that a little later just in terms of what you just, what you just spoke on. But just kind of going backwards a little. Just know that when you do prepare, when you do practice, I'm sorry, when you do do drills, it takes some of the fear out of the equation. And it's a key part of mental prep. You know what I mean? Like, another thing is, um, in your drills, you're, you're, you know where your, your shelters are. You know where your evacuation spots are. You know where you put your keys. You know who to call. All of these things keep you mentally in check when you're going through a disaster if you've prepared for it beforehand. You know what I mean? Imagine if you are just, a disaster happens and you can't find keys and you're trying to evacuate. But if you prepared and planned it out, you know when a disaster happens, this is what I prepared to do in that instance. It's what I, throw, I thought out. So preparation basically is the food for your mentality as it relates to disasters. Yeah, to give an example on being prepared versus not being prepared, you could take it simple as a test. Yeah. Right? So when you take a test, you either study for the test and know that you're going to pass. Confidence. Or you, right. Or you don't study and you go to the test in sight and you're sitting there and you're Fearful, all anxiety. In intimidated Fear. by the test. Right. Because exactly. you don't know. Uh -huh. You don't know the outcome. You don't know if you're going to pass or you're going to fail. But in the front of your mind, you know that I'm not going to do good. Because look, I mean, you know, I know someone who she she um she's has a master's and she was going. All she needed to do was take her teacher's certification. And this is what fear does. It kind of stagnates you. It actually can freeze you. And it's not a good thing to have during a disaster. I promise you right. that when you're trying to get yourself out and become a survivor and make sure your family is okay. And you so, know with most tested things, that's why they have practice tests. Exactly. Which is can, preparation. Yep. This is another aspect of preparation. She could not take, she had an issue with taking tests. And I have to tell you, she could not pass that teacher certification because each time she got to the test, 
She was Her intimidated and the fear froze her. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to have that scenario during during a disaster. We can't do it. We, we can't, can't because it. we have our lives and people that depend on us lives in our hands. So we don't want to get stuck. Correct. Because here's the thing about uh, mental preparedness. It's a mindset. It requires the mental fortitude to solve the issues you are facing right there on the spot. You know, a victim's mentality is a totally different mentality or mindset from that of a survivor. survivor's mentality. You know? A survivor's mindset. Exactly. I mean, if you read, there are a lot of books about, you know, people who were lost at sea or, like, actually, when you read this, this um, just to bring it current, when you read about this event, that the tornado that happened in Alabama, these survivors are telling you what they did, what their mindset and what, and was, what they didn't do, exactly, and how they weren't ready. How, well, even on that aspect, that's a whole nother thing we'll get into. But on the survivor aspect, it's like, what did you do mentally mm-hmm. to get ready? Well, while you were going through that disaster, right? Because they weren't ready. You're right. In some cases, some of the people we read about were not ready. But yeah, it just became a survivor's ment- mentality, and you have to understand that that really exists. So, uh, thinking about survivor's mentality. You know what I mean? And being prepared and not being prepared. That takes us into Bird Bird Box. Box. Everybody was talking about that movie, Bird Box. Yeah, so what's that movie? You know, you and I started kind of like, Bird Box was really kind of like a movie in disaster preparedness. It really was. Yes, because the main character of that movie was not prepared. She She wasn't mentally prepared, physically prepared, or spiritually prepared. She was pretty much, this is funny, like this does connect. She was pretty much in the movie. Well, it's not funny. Actually, I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to say it was It's real. (laughs) But yeah, Sandra Bullock, I think her name was Mm -hmm. uh, Mallory in the movie. It was. It was Mallory. In the movie, she was just concerned with her own life, her issues, her baby daddy. You know, she was kind of concerned with that, all consumed by that. Mm -hmm. And stuff was happening happening around her. Yep. You know, it was like her her sister, what was it? Her sister was asking her about, her sister was asking her about. um, Oh, so her, okay. So before, when the movie began, I don't know if everybody remembers, but her sister was the one that was up to date on the current events that were going on during that, um, during that year, during that time. Right. And at the, at that moment, Russia was experiencing everything that was about to happen in their area. Exactly. She had heard about it. Right. So, so she, she was, was getting information. Mm-hmm. Message. She was getting information. That's what After Ready or Not is yes. trying to give you message. And she gave it to Sandra. Correct. But she wasn't receptive she of it. She was self-involved. And here's the, here's the comment that a lot of, when we do our pop-up shops and we do our table talks and discussions, we hear a lot of people say, well, that ain't going to happen here. Correct. Because that is what Sandra, um, that's what she said. Mallory, that's what she said. She made the statement and said, well, that's just Russia. That's not That's not going to happen here, so we'll be okay. Nowhere prepared. No mindset for preparedness. Right. Totally self-involved. Doing what... She, I think um, somebody was talking about like it was in biblical days around Noah. Like, you're just partying and doing what yeah. you do and just not lending your mind to a mindset, just a fraction of a mindset of preparedness. Yes. You know what I mean? And then ultimately... 
they she she, she just, had to connect to somebody that was prepared on was all prepared. of those levels. Who was he? Like the guy? He was the homeowner or whatever. He, he was, so he was the homeowner. Yeah, but and he had a lot house of information. Was equipped. Yeah. For the last days, quote unquote. He was ready. So he had bunkers he and he ready. had go bags and, and he, he had yes. food and perishables yes. and he, he had, had first information aid kits about what was going yes. on. And yeah. he was aware of all the events leading up to what happened with them during on that day. Correct. She just stumbled upon preparation. That's what she right. did. Right. And now and, and if all of us don't have that person in our lives right. that's always prepared, then what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. So as the movie, the interesting thing about the movie, though, is as everybody is kind of killed from this whole disaster, whatever it was. Well, we know what it was, but uh, I'm, disclaimer, I'm not trying to tell people what happened in the movie. <laughs> I hope you see it already. Seen it. Like, it's been out for like a year. <laughs> but, you know, it was a lot of people who did have information, so they were able to survive. They yes. were able to put some disaster, some preparedness uh, essentials into place. Yes. They kind of survived. And they but, were helping the people that weren't. Correct. But what ended up happening and how she ended up surviving in the end is... They spent four years, she and the and the brother preparing. Four years preparing. That's what she She was. mentally kicked on that this is real life Correct. and I need to prepare. Yeah. I yeah. this is So they were preppers. A disaster. They were preppers. And they began They, they were your she classic a preppers. Prepper. Yeah. She she doing the line to the boat mm-hmm. and getting counting the children her steps and, and click click. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was she was doing that. But she was an ultimate prepper at that point. Yep. And that's how she ultimately taught the children, saved her family, and was able to... I, and again, that's a movie. If we're not prepared now, we don't. We can't just become preppers tomorrow. You know, like, we have to prepare now. And that's what she ended up yep. doing. So I, I just think that's a fantastic um, kind of example of when you pull out of that movie, it really did show the essence of disaster preparedness. Yes. Really did. Yes, it did. So, I think another thing is, um, not I think, I do know, um, what Rashida spoke on briefly earlier. And that is, you know, when you get into these whole disasters, when you're in the disaster, what you need to do is break your resolutions down mm-hmm. into small, into small manageable, manageable tasks. tasks. Yes. And by that, you mean what? You got to simply do small things. Like, for example, and this is this is really small, but we have had a lot of rain recently. So imagine we have a lot of rain. Um, the weatherman, for example, says, you know, we have flooding going on today. Be prepared. Um, if you live in a flood zone, everybody should know if they live in a flood zone or not. Um, we got to help you with that in yeah. training class. Aftermath. <laughs> that was plug, a message. Was a <laughs> yes. So with that, you know, that day you will wear the proper clothing. You will have warm clothing on. You will have rain boots if you have them. You will have maybe like some blankets in your car, some little snacks and things like that because, you know, today is different from any other day. Right. Today it is raining, torrential downpour. I need to be prepared if anything happens that's the type of mindset that we have but we can start small mm-hmm. so we start small on that you, you need to because otherwise in terms again as it relates to mentality uh, i'm sorry as it relates to mental preparedness if you see the event and you're going through the event and you see it as big as it is you will be overwhelmed right and that will kind of make your mentality for the task at hand 
pretty fragile. Yeah, your decision-making process. Yeah, it's, now we're, be, we're talking yeah. about intimidation. Um, we're talking about feelings of overwhelm, being overwhelmed. So if you break it down in small tasks, then you can get through each moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you're speaking of, like you were speaking of a flood, then okay. If there is a flood, then my first mindset is, wow, it's raining outside. Yeah. Then my first mindset is, look, where's my rain gear? Where, yep, where's my rain boots? Where's, where's, my, rain my, where's my warm clothing? Exactly. Um, if I have to layer up, <laughs> then I have to layer up. <laughs> That's our little disaster preparedness yeah. person in the she's, background. She's, she's taking it all in, so you might hear yeah. our little Mahari in the background. But like Michelle was saying, you have to create a mindset that will set you up for success. Correct. Um. So when, like you said, when the disaster gets bigger, well, like now you see it's coming up. The water is coming up mm -hmm. out of your basement. Just a little. Now, thing what's you your task? My task is I know I need to go higher. Mm -hmm. So now that's the next task. Not, oh, I got to get out of here. Like, you just yeah, got to kind of run. Where's my bag? Yeah, we need clothes. Uh, uh, no, just take each task, small, you know, the mm -hmm. task at hand, and then just kind of go from there, just build from there in terms of what the, the circumstances present. Yes. Um, and then um, lastly, you have to stay positive and control your destiny. Stay in control of your destiny. You'll hear any survivor say for disaster is they had to control their destiny. So, you know, just kind of keep positive thoughts. Know you're going to get out of it. Know, it's, you know, I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to get out of it safely. I'm going to save my family and just keep those positive thoughts because the woe is me attitude um, when it comes to disasters and being prepared is just not productive. It's, it's counterproductive. Yeah, you don't want to have that Sandra Bullock, woe is me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then the survivor it. mindset got to kick in. That's how she started. So, yes, exactly. we just want that survivor mindset to kick in now. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, mental preparedness. Those are some of the steps that you have to kind of have this mindset. And so you'll see as we keep pushing the preparedness mindset. It's being pushed internationally. Um, again, I told you there are many people who are really survivalists, which are preppers on a, to the fourth degree, and we have to fall somewhere in the middle. I, I, I really suggest it. I really recommend it, and that's what we're here for. I know we said lastly, but we didn't really mean lastly. But when you think about um, disaster preparedness, you think about what you do before, what you do during, but we didn't really cover on what you do after. So right now we're just going to talk about the recovery process. And the recovery process is what you do after the disaster has happened. And what, during the recovery process, children and senior citizens should be checked for signs of stress in recovery because those are the two main people who have high levels of stress during and after disasters. They will need assistance. And with the signs of stress in children and in senior citizens is shock, trouble sleeping, change in eating habits, grief, crying, and not wanting to be alone. Now, those may sound... What? Those may sound um, common in other ages, not just children and senior citizens. But yeah. those are the two ages that They're will need vulnerable. the significance. They're the more vulnerable yes. of the community. They will need more recovery process Correct. than... Correct. 
because you Adults. know children children don't understand what a disaster is, what they just went through. And it's very traumatizing. Yeah. And of course, seniors are now limited, um, you know, in some capacity mentally. And they'll need as much assistance as they can to get through the trauma as well. So we have to offer comfort and offer strength. Right. We have to have empathy towards everything that just got taken away from them, whether exactly. it was materialistic, whether it was life, and whether it was a a complete change in their day-to-day activities. We have to be mentally strong or have the mental strength after the disaster to be able to help somebody else. All right, so we're jumping into our Are You Ready? current event and technology portion of the night. So I'm going to hand it over to Michelle, and she's going to dive into our current event for tonight. So I did speak in our last episode, episode two, about non-electrical devices. If you remember, or if you haven't, please go back and catch up on the episodes. But I was talking about EMP, and that's the um, electromagnetic pulses. And we were speaking about blackouts. And so I said, um, from now for a few episodes, I'll just discuss non-electrical devices. Um, but before I get into that, I do want to go back again on something we discussed in our episode two, and that was the requirements that OSHA, for o- OSHA's requirements in terms of drills for office buildings and professional buildings, et cetera. And I said, I think you needed, I think you need to drill, what did I say, like twice, twice. or so, twice a year? Yeah. Well, in all actuality, just to clarify, OSHA does not require fire drills. It's actually not a requirement to businesses. Um, I'll actually read what their policy is. It says, once you have reviewed your emergency action plan with your employees and everyone has had the proper training, it is a good idea to hold practice drills as often as necessary to keep employees prepared. So that's it. I mean, in a, in a nutshell... You can do more. Again, repetition is never a bad thing. Um, but OSHA does not necessarily have any requirement um, for for drills of any sort. So you want to be kind of proactive in your own office settings to kind of make sure people are prepared. Then, you know, you have to take the initiative to do it on your own. And now to discuss, um, as I said, with the EMPs and blackout, you will need things to kind of get you through the blackouts. And I was, as I said, am going to discuss non-electrical devices. And I'll do that as a series over a few um, episodes. So this episode, I just want to talk about um, non-electrical heating. Um, Heaters. So there are... Four types of heaters you can get that are non-electrical. That would be solar operated. It can be operated by gas. Um, it can, there could be kerosene or propane. Um, pretty much on the market today is either kerosene or propane. Solar is being played with. Um, it's being tested. I don't have a lot of information about solar heaters. I know it has to be pretty much timed in terms of when the sun is out and, um, you know, to get the ultimate warmth during the day. Um, so what really works better for most people 
um, in their preparedness supplies is kerosene or propane. Um, there is a difference. Let me just break down kerosene. Now, kerosene is combustible. And by that, I mean it's able to catch on fire easily. Something like leaves or paper, it, it catches on fire easily. Um, but it gives off more heat than any other um, heater. The kerosene heater does. And actually, kerosene is less expensive um, as opposed to propane. Propane, however, is a cleaner burn. It, it's, it doesn't have as much, you know, I don't know if anybody is familiar. I actually have a kerosene heater for my preparation. And when it sits there, when you have kerosene and you haven't started it for a while, it definitely has um, a kerosene smell. And actually, it can just kind of smell up your whole house. Um, I have used it. Like, I've actually had to take it outside to try to ignite it and then bring it outside so some of it can burn off. And that's what they mean by saying propane is like a cleaner burn. It doesn't have necessarily all of that smell, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, propane also, in terms of the pros, it's easier to find. You can find propane, of course, in any Home Depot, et cetera, and you can kind of store it in nice containers and what have you. Um, and it's easier to buy. So it's easier to find and buy. Whereas with kerosene, um, you can get some kerosene products in Home Depot and, and those type stores. Um, you can go to the gas station and get kerosene still. Um, but again, propane is pretty accessible. Um, but propane tends to be a bit more dangerous as well. Um, I also have I had propane, I had like the the cooking thing, like I don't know how to describe it, like this big cooking kettle. And it was um, propane operated. And I stopped using it actually. That was before I was a vegetarian and I used to try to fry turkeys and what have you. That's just a side note, but at any rate. Um, so I did have the propane, but I must say, I was always nervous to have propane sitting around me as opposed to my kerosene heater, kerosene is not as, as flammable. So propane made me slightly nervous. And that's why they say propane is a bit more dangerous than kerosene. So there you have it, um, kerosene versus propane, but those are your best heaters or your best fuel for heaters um, during a non-electrical situation. And I also wanna say just in terms of um, kerosene on that note, I'm now going to buy, I have for lighting, I actually have uh, lanterns, but my lanterns are pretty modern in that they have like these, these filament, these, these lights that I can buy. I can go to any, you know, Home Depot or, or Lowe's, that type store, and I can buy the lights, the filler lights and just kind of put them in. And it's operating, it operates by battery. But the thing about you know, having a battery-operated lighting or battery-operated anything during a disaster is how long will the battery last? What will you have to do, you know, to get the to when the battery is gone? Will you, you know, and you can't get to the store? So I am now waiting for my kerosene lantern to get in. And again, you just, it burns easily. Um, it burns longer. Um, and I meant to say that with the heater as well. Kerosene 
burns longer than propane. It's, it's just a longer burn and it burns for, for hours. And that would be the case with the kerosene lantern as well versus a battery operated lighting. And so that's our segment for today on, um, on for this episode on non-electrical devices. All right, so we're going to jump into the question of the day. So the question, during a disaster or emergency, is it best to communicate with people via cell phone? All right, so that's an amazing question, simply because this is the age of cell phone usage for all ages. So you don't really know in the midst of any disaster if phones will work. But the next best thing to do is text. And as we say that because texting takes up less energy when takes, you're using um, a phone. Less battery. Yeah, less battery. And That's what I meant. also, um, less, it uses less data. Yeah. As opposed to, you're in a, a disaster situation, you're trying to conserve and ration as much as you, you can. can. Mm-hmm. So, if you make a phone call or you're trying to call different people or what have you, that's going to eat up your battery. Yeah. And you want to kind of conserve that battery as much as possible. And with text message, you can create a message and send it to multiple people at the same time. Correct. So you don't have to keep calling different people over and over again. You can just send that same message to multiple people so they know if you're safe, if you're not, where you're located, you know, and what's going on in your area. And that brings me to an example Recent, not recently, but within a couple of years, Baltimore had an earthquake. Right. So during that earthquake, I myself was at that was work. Many years. Yeah, now. it was many years. Yeah. I myself was at work. Right. So cell phones did work, but they were slow because everybody was trying to use their Correct. cell phone. Well, that's that's another thing we'll get into mm-hmm. on another show, and that's your communication preparedness. Right. So text what message was best that day. Yeah, yeah. Text message. Well, it was is best. in general anyway. To, to text is the best way. If mm-hmm. you know now, as you stated with technology Mommy. and Facebook, if you notice when snows happen, people do you can mark check-ins. yourself safe. Yeah, you yeah. can mark yourself safe. And so you know there there are ways to communicate outside. Um, but to answer the question, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so some apps to use is WhatsApp, GroupMe, and Telegram are three good um, text apps that can be used to communicate. To communicate. Okay. <laughs> she got louder. <laughs> Walkie talkies. Is also good, at, but we'll we'll have a whole segment where we'll dive into more well, about walkie talkies. But well, that's no, actually, a good way to no. That so ultimately, when you get to the point, and we're talking, you know, more than seventy-two to exceed seventy-two hours and what have you, when, when you're like no electricity, etc. Yeah, you, you have no way to charge your phone. Exactly, you have so you you need a walkie-talkie. So another thing in preparedness is to have walkie-talkies and batteries. Well, batteries, to, I mean, all of that is just storage stuff for preparation. Um, you know, yeah. So, yes to batteries. Yes to batteries. Yep. So that, yeah, so that, thank you, caller, for that question. And I hope we answered it good. All Any other questions that you guys might have, definitely comment, um, let us know, and we will definitely answer them on air. All right, we're done for tonight. Episode three completed. 
It's a mindset. Mental preparedness is what we talked about tonight. Absolutely. So, once again, we're on multiple platforms. Yes. We are now on Apple Podcasts. Please. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Play. Google Play. Really, most of your podcast platforms, we're there now. So, please, listen Share this, share this podcast. Comment. We want to know your thoughts. We want to dialogue. We want to talk about it. Review it. You know, on Apple, we need reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. And share it. Share it with your friends, your family. Yeah. And. Because they need it. We all need it. This is, this is information that we have to have. I'll say this until I'm maybe not blue in the face, but some, <laughs> you know, some color in the face that these disasters are really happening. Yep. Um, again, just look to Alabama um, and look for the snowstorm that happened in New York this past weekend. They're happening. And why not be prepared? Yeah. Okay. Well. So once again, we're going to say it tonight. We're not here to scare you. We're here to prepare you. Peace. Have a good night. Peace.